30 this morning and after 20,000 earthquakes in southwest Iceland over the weekend, the eruption of Varadasviak has begun. Oh boy, what a day this is going to be. Hi everybody, welcome to Weather Jazz. This is a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and astronomy, which ordinarily we would have done today. But that has all changed as of 9.30 Eastern Time this morning. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Marnier. I'm senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 354 for Wednesday, Science Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. And ordinarily, we would continue with our series on the solar system. However, there's a lot happening right here on planet Earth. And I do find it rather ironic that we would have gone forward today with part three of studying Earth and its unusual properties that allow it to have life in abundance. However, today we're doing a little switch up here. As you heard in the beginning of this episode, we've got some big news now Since the weekend, I've been monitoring southwest Iceland because of all of the earthquakes that have been occurring there, and they have numbered about 20,000 earthquakes just in this past weekend leading up into Monday alone. Now, the vast majority are unfelt. However, with 20,000 of them, you're likely to have a handful, even if it's 1% or 2%, which go above magnitude four and five and that's where you really start feeling the shaking well it is going to be an active weekend and it was now yesterday i actually spoke with the one of my acquaintances in iceland his name is yaron and he is the one who published the book new earth which chronicled the eruption of fagradatsviak volcano back in march of 2021 that went on for three or four months It's a great book, and it is written in a wonderful style. We'll discuss all of that coming up in just a little bit. Now, I was going to be playing that particular interview on Friday. However, I did mention on Monday that if the eruption occurred between now and Wednesday's episode, that I would move this interview up because of the timely nature of it. Now, before we take a break... And after the break, I will share with you the interview I had with Yaron in just a moment. I'd like to tell you right now that if you go to episode number 354 at weatherjazz.com, I will place the live video feeds from several sources in Iceland that show the lava breaking through the crust of the earth 
right now as we speak. Those live video feeds provided by sources like RUV, which is the national broadcasting network of Iceland, as well as the Morgenbladet, which is the newspaper, the big newspaper in all of Iceland. They have several cameras in place and they're pointing straight at the fissure, which is opening up. And it's something that we will be certainly watching with great interest over the course, perhaps over the next several months. Now, according to seismologists, the magma pool and the force that that magma pool is exerting on the crust of the earth is about twice the size and twice the force of the eruption that occurred back in March of 2021. So this could be a very, very interesting eruption to watch. And I suspect that we'll be watching this unfold over the course of the next two, three, four months, maybe even longer. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, I'll have that interview that I had with Yaron just yesterday morning before the eruption took place in anticipation of what was going to be a very active week in Iceland. We'll be right back. Yaron, Gondayan. Gondayan, Vinirnin. Yeah, Gondayan. A lot is going on. Uh, obviously, which is why uh, we wanted to speak with you. You've been a, a guest on Weather Jazz before, and for obvious reasons, too, because you went to the eruption sites at Fardasviak uh, a number of times, and you have that wonderful book, New Earth. So I wanted to chat with you and see, first of all, have you been feeling any of the earthquakes where you live? And um, how does that make you feel right now? You think maybe there's a book two waiting? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been feeling a lot of the earthquakes, um, primarily because they seem to be situated closer to Reykjavik, and some of them are quite intense also. Uh, so last night, uh, we even woke up at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, because there were two really big quakes that uh, came in rapid succession and uh, our apartment and our bed shook so hard that we just woke up didn't know what was going on. (laughs) It's a little bit um, unsettling. Like uh, I would say, you know, like all the buildings here in Iceland, they're built to withstand uh, these quakes and these are quite minor quakes when you look at what these buildings are made for. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they shouldn't have much uh, trouble but still it's uh, yeah, it doesn't feel uh, comforting in any way uh, that the earth is shaking and is shaking this much we've had I think now well over 10,000 quakes uh, since it began wow. last Saturday wow yeah, mm. so it's uh, yeah, it's different and on one side I'm really excited because it might mean a new eruption uh, but on the other hand it's also yeah, it feels a little bit uh, wrong to be excited about it because obviously there are many people living close uh, to where this is happening. And uh, they are not so happy with this. Uh, there was a really big earthquake um, last Sunday in Grindavik, which is a town that's uh, closest to the, like where all of this is happening. And uh, this was a magnitude 5.5, so it's uh, quite a big earthquake. 
Um, they had some damage to the pipes, uh, a lot of broken glass and mm. things that just fell off the walls. And as you can imagine, like this feels like it's happening underneath your house. So it's, wow. uh, yeah, I try to remind people that uh, there are a lot of people living here and they might not be as excited about the recent developments as uh, any other person uh, might be, any other tourist or geologist enthusiast. Is this one um, in a spot where potentially there is greater risk uh, for some of the areas, some of the populated areas in Iceland? It's really difficult to say. So this morning they published a satellite imagery which shows that there is deformation taking place. That Mm -hmm. means that the Earth's crust is changing. Mm-hmm. And this really clearly shows that there is magma entering the crust. And for now, it is showing that it's uh, pretty much in the same location as where the previous uh, dike was. So the previous channel that fed the eruption from last year. Uh, if it erupts there, uh, that's good because that means it's going to be far away from where anyone is living. Not the biggest problem at the moment are... All of these uh, tension quakes, which are quakes that are created by the fact that the Earth's crust is changing, and they're not um, centered around this magmatic dike. They're centered away from it. And some of these are taking place pretty much in the village. So Mm, mm. the biggest one that we've had, this magnitude 5.5, it took place about one kilometer away from the center of the town. So this is pretty much geologically underneath these people's houses and this is not the it's not a fun thing to experience yeah the meteorological office i I remember reading off of their website that they were recommending that people secure objects especially over their heads or anywhere near their beds because the potential would be in the middle of the night that something would come crashing down on them and i guess you don't really think of that um, at least here in in Ohio, we don't see very many earthquakes. We do a little bit, but they they, they hardly make a rumble because there's yeah. the, the magnitude is so low. But you know that's that's something I guess that needs needs to be um, reminded to the people. Like, uh, okay, secure all your objects. Most people have done that already, but there are, of mm-hmm. course, things that you do not secure, like uh, one of the the bars in the town has a lot of uh, beer glasses and other kinds of glasses that are mm-hmm. in a shelf. And what happens when these earthquakes hit is uh, that everything starts shaking and it just falls out of the shelves. Ooh. There was also a lot of damage in the supermarket where all of the products, mm-hmm. they just come out of the shelves and... Same in the pharmacy, and there's always something that, yeah, something that will come loose in some way, even though you secure everything to the walls. Mm-hmm. And these kind of quakes, they are, uh, depending on the soil on which your house is built, they might feel like a truck is driving against your house. So it's, it can be a really big bang. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in our house, it's more of a sandy environment than our house just wiggles uh, but in some other places like uh, my mother-in-law where it's built on top of a, of a rock basically it's a really loud bang and it's yeah it has very different effects 
Well, you explained to me something interesting that uh, I posted on my public website, com. I posted a picture, uh, actually a video feed from uh, Morgan Bladid, uh, and they posted uh, a, a or had a camera located uh, looking like there was little puffs of smoke coming out of the ridge. And I thought, well, well, maybe that's something brand new, brand new fissure. But you explained that that's been happening since the last eruption. Yeah. Uh, so uh, since it stopped, this was on September 19th, uh, mm-hmm. the eruption stopped. And since then, the lava field has been cooling down and degassing. And especially around the crater, where the lava field is the thickest. It's about 350 meters thick, uh, I think, or maybe 400 meters. There's still a lot of hot uh, lava underneath it. And this lava is still releasing gas. And the crater uh, that's still visible, it has been uh, like generating a lot of gas and uh, what looks like smoke. And that's quite normal. Uh, it's not abnormal, I think, because people are not really watching this live feed 24-7 anymore. They're not noticing this, uh, but I've been there uh, several times since. And this is still uh, still a thing, and it hasn't really changed over the past months. But what happens is, because of all these earthquakes, this new lava field, it contains a lot of lava tubes uh, that might be empty. So what happens when it shakes, it all collapses generates a lot of uh, dust, a lot of new gas that is releasing, and that gives you the impression that something is happening. But at the moment, there is nothing happening at the surface yet, at least. Okay, well, that's very good to know. And uh, so we'll continue to monitor as as you are. And uh, we're going to miss each other because I'll be heading up uh, to Iceland in a few months. But you have something exciting going on in your home country, Belgium, uh, coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, my first exhibition in seven or eight years uh, in my hometown uh, mm-hmm. in Belgium. And then I'll also be doing uh, three or four uh, lectures about my book and my experiences here. So, yeah, that's all very, very exciting. Tell us about uh, your book, New Earth, and we'll provide a link on weatherjazz.com for this episode for those that are curious or interested in purchasing a copy. I have my copy, my signed copy, incidentally. Thank you very much. It's beautifully done. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you can get my book on my website. Uh, The book is basically about the eruption that took place last year, and it Mm -hmm. covers uh, the events from the start of the eruption uh, all the way up until the end. Uh, The eruption lasted six months. And in it, I kind of share my stories and experiences uh, at the eruption and how I tackled photographing it. Uh, because one of the things that I found really interesting about it is that it keeps changing and it keeps evolving. And that means that you can do a lot with it, with the same place and the same spot in terms of uh, photographs. So I took it upon myself as a little challenge to try and photograph it in as many different ways as possible. And you succeeded quite well. And I love the book because uh, being somebody who enjoys journaling, you did it in a journaling style that really lends itself to taking everyone who reads the book on that journey with you. And I enjoyed it. I did not want the book to end. I told you the first time when I got to the last page, it was like, oh, this is, you know, I guess I'll have to read the book again and uh, start on page one. Um, so hopefully 
the if there is a next eruption, it will be in a place where it's uninhabited, and you'll have the opportunity maybe to uh, give us book two. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. we will see what happens next. Well, best wishes to you and your family. Thank you again for giving us the heads up on what's happening. If uh, you see anything happening and it looks interesting, uh, let us know. We'll bring you back on. Uh, You are always a popular uh, episode. You were the first go around when we talked about your book, and you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I suppose in hindsight, it's not a surprise that I had to move up that interview since they had 20,000 earthquakes. That's an awful lot to dismiss as usual. Far from it, 20,000 earthquakes in a short period of time would certainly point to something which is uh, really happening dynamically under the Earth's crust. And of course, that is expressing itself now with the eruption, a brand new eruption, just to the northeast of the volcanic system that occurred about a year and a half ago. This is going to be an interesting time, to say the very least. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we will get back to looking at the very unique properties of Earth that make life possible that was supposed to be today. We'll push that now to next Wednesday, unless something big happens again on planet Earth. I'm looking forward to getting back to that episode in just a little while. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have a question, a suggestion, or if you have a story you'd like to share, I welcome your input and I welcome your communication. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz@yahoo.com, And also, you can leave me a voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. The number is 234-525-5888. Well, since I planned to share Yaron's interview on Open Line Friday, I'm not exactly sure what I'll be doing up next, but hopefully it'll be something that you'll enjoy. So we'll see you on Open Line Friday right here on Weather Jazz. See you then and stay cool today. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.